This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Delivery. so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 8 of the Stacey West podcast. I'm your co-host Ben and I'm joined this week by Gary. How are we getting on mate? We're doing very well mate, yeah. It's a uh, it's a fine day outside and uh, Lincoln City are four points clear at the top of the league so can't get any better than that, can it? Well, no, I mean, absolutely. It's something that, uh, let's be honest, if someone had said that to you about three months ago, would you have uh, would you believed them? Um, I personally probably would, actually, yeah, because I had quite high hopes for this season. But I think if you if somebody had said it uh, six or eight months ago, maybe not. Yeah, I mean, you know, sort of maybe after nursing that. Uh, nursing the, the defeat to Exeter in the in the playoffs, maybe if they said, "Oh, don't worry, you'll be top of the league," you know, a couple of months in next time round, I'd. I'd Maybe would have struggled to believe them, but uh, you would have struggled to believe that Mansfield and Notts County were were nowhere to be seen, no, wouldn't you? Well, absolutely. <laughs> I just um, it it amazes me that uh, you know, you look down the you look down the league, and I think County and Mansfield still have the same amount of points as, as when you put the two together, which is uh, it's a nice feeling. <laughs> yeah, um, nice to be smug, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, it's always good. Uh, but one thing that wasn't particularly the nicest feeling was was watching the performance yesterday. Um, we, I should mention we are recording this early because I'm actually on holiday this week, so uh, we're going to try and get a, a recording in at the you know midweek to to discuss the the checker trade game. But if we don't, then this will essentially be the whole podcast and sort of talking about Saturday's game. Looking forward to, to Saturday's game and and maybe. We're hoping to get together and, and talk about Tuesday, but uh, if we don't, that's the reason why. But um, yeah, the the crew game, um, it wasn't great, was it? No, it's crap. Um, frankly, I, I'm I, you know I'm reticent to be too critical uh, because the outcome was was correct, but in terms of a spectacle, I thought in the first half we were. Poor. I thought. I mean, people are going on. Oh, we came out well in the second half. Mm, yeah, we 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 came out in the second half. But I always had it in the back of my mind that Crew were going to score. Um, I thought the missed penalty was typical of the afternoon. I thought it just summed it up. Um, we just didn't look on it at all. I thought there was one good chance in the first half. Harry Anderson, how he didn't score. 
I have no idea. I was kind of in a, in a box keeping warm right above it and uh, how that stayed out, I've no idea. But it, it just, it just reeked of Berry and Crawley and, uh, and, and crew last year and games like that where we're not on it. But last year we lost 4-1 when we weren't on it and this year we won 1-0. So maybe there's um, a moral to that story somewhere. What do you reckon? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I, I fortunately, in, in, you know, in some respects, wasn't at the game where we, you know, where they, they took us to town last year. Um, I was, you know, I had a sort of prior commitment, so I, I couldn't actually get to the bank for that game. But by all accounts, it seemed to be, well, it just seemed to be one of those where, like you say, it was it was a complete off day for everyone involved. And I think... Um, for me, you know, the, the game, uh, you know, this weekend was, it, it was summed up, like you say, by the penalty. Um, it, it wasn't a great penalty. It was, it, it was kind of struck with, well, a golf club. I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I probably could have, could have hit it better than that. And, you know, I'm, I'm crap at football. Um, but the, I think overall, um, they well, obviously we did enough to win it because we did. But like, I think Tom Peck coming on in the second half, he changed the game for me. Um, I think there was a big conversation beforehand on social media about you know, well, why is he starting with uh, with Freck and uh, and O'Connor? But I, I actually said, and I've I've taken a screenshot of it just for just for my own smugness, um, where I said, you know, if if you put uh, Tom Peck on in the second half against a team that have had to face Michael O'Connor for the best part of you know an hour somebody that's that young that hungry and you know wants to wants to get involved and and, you know really take him to the sword they'll shit themselves and sure enough he came on and within 30 seconds he'd scored um I, i don't think it was a tactical misstep by Danny to, to leave him out of the starting eleven. I think he he was looking knackered at Tranmere mm-hmm. um, in the second half. Um, I think it was the right move, but I just don't think enough people were were sort of on it, as you say. Um, no, no. I mean, what what was your view on on the the sub and and the kind of general second half performance? Well, first of all, I was going to say let's not take anything away from Crew because. Um, They've actually set up in quite an interesting way against us and they've completely nullified our threat from out wide from minute one, probably right the way through to the end of the game. Um, you know, Harry and, and Bruno got very little time on the ball. Um, crew kind of had two banks of two out wide. So every time we tried to get the ball out there, there was two players immediately on our, on our wingers. Um, so I, I thought that yeah. they did really well. They were very well organized and, it was only when, as you said, we went. I thought we went more, more to a sort of a conventional four-three-three almost. Um, yeah, and that was when we were obviously trying to concentrate things down the middle. That forced them to readjust. We scored in the interim period. I mean, Pet had been on what two minutes, but very quickly, Crew adjusted again. Um, and I was, I'm actually quite surprised. They're seventeenth. I think the only thing that I saw from crew that, that made me think maybe um, is they just didn't have that killer instinct in the box. Cause if they did have, we could have lost that three or four one. Um, there was a, yeah, you know, they got the ball certainly in the second half after the goal, there was three or four chances where the ball fell to them, where a, a decent striker, uh, I hesitate to say a John Akindi cause that'll get me into trouble, but a decent striker would have probably put the ball in the back of the net. So, um, you know, we, I don't think we should be too critical. 
I also think if we look at our own team, let's look at the positives again. At the back, we did defend resolutely. Um, they did have those chances, but there was always a foot there, a boot there, a head there. Shackle was was superb again. Um, mm-hmm. We invite a lot of pressure on ourselves. And I know that there's a, Danny's defended it before and you know I'm, I'm happy to, to kind of let him do that. But 11 in the box at a corner, we just do not have an out. And when you won the lot with 10 minutes to go, you kind of need that. So... Yeah, that was what I thought. I mean, what what about Matt Green coming on? Where did you land on that? Um, I thought it was the right choice to make at that point. Um, like you say, going essentially going into a four three three opened up things quite quite well, and then you know Green coming on for um, you know for the last what was it, about twenty minutes or so, yeah. last 20, 25 minutes. Um, I thought he looked sharp. I thought he looked he looked really hungry. He looked like he wanted to to prove a point in a way. Um, and it was, again, you know, we, we, we don't want to get the, uh, the Akindi defense force on the go, but I think there were enough people around me bemoaning, you know, the lack of perceived effort from, from Akindi, um, when green came on and he was running, you know, left, right and center trying to get, he was, he was trying to win everything. Um, and that, to me, that doesn't say that you know Matt Green's at the minute a better striker than John Akindi. I think he's he's a different striker. Yep. Um, and I had the conversation with somebody on the way back that you know I said, well, he's he's a different player. He's he's a you know if if he sees a ball coming to him that he knows he's got absolutely no chance of getting, he's not gonna he's not gonna try and and get the ball and, and you know and waste his energy to 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 do that. Um, I think the thing for me was that. You know, once again, he was involved in in one of our goals. He he created the knockdown, which then led to the further knockdown, which uh, Pet you know volleyed in. Um, and there were points, you know, throughout the second half where where Akindi was was winning the header, he was winning the flick on. That is something that we've def- you know we've said before. He doesn't need to do that. He's not that kind of player, but he is. He's now doing that, and he was starting to do that particularly a lot during the second half. But to go back to Greeny, I think he. Um, when he came on, I think he, he looked dangerous. I think he he just needs to find the uh, um, he just needs to find that little final touch. I think it was uh, the, the the final touch let him down a couple of times, um, and he needs to he just needs to remember to stay on side quite a lot as well because there were a couple of uh, flags that went up against him. Um, there was a couple of set pieces as well actually that I wanted to to bring up yesterday. Where again, it kind of goes back to us not being on it. Where um, you know, we, we got a free kick and we went to take it quickly. Uh, there was one in the, uh, was it first half? Yeah, one in the, I think it was one in the first half where the they sort of put the ball down quickly, played it out to Bruno, who was stood about three yards offside. Yeah. Um, and immediately got flagged. And you think, well, that, that could have been a good attack, you know? Let's, why is that happening? You know, it's just, it, it kind of goes back to what we said last week about discipline and playing to the whistle. Um and I'm not saying by any by any stretch that the team are you know are ill disciplined or anything like that, but it, it just seemed to be a little bit. I don't know. I don't know what the word is, but it just seemed to be a, almost a little bit lackadaisical, a bit lazy around that area. Um, I mean, w- w- what do you reckon in terms of in terms of that stuff? I know that probably makes it sound overly harsh, but I I, I don't know. I'm trying to be fair with it. Yeah, I get that. I think. Um... Yeah, there was the set pieces are, are not a, a problem because when you top of the league by four points, nothing is a problem. Um, it's it's a situation, but it's not a problem. Um, and I think 
I, I, yeah, I get you on the free kick. We're trying that little slide around the corner free kick a bit and it doesn't work. But if you try it four times, it doesn't work three and does work on one, then maybe it's, it's just rewards. And I still think we're seeing the team settling down. And when you think that we're four points clear, I, yeah, I still think that Bruno is, is learning the runs on the free kicks. I think that, you know, we're working out patterns of play in the middle of the park. And I think it's easy when we do get it right first half against Tranmere, although the result wasn't right. Um, Cheltenham away, certainly, when we when we do, when we are on it. Um, it's easy to get carried away and think we've cracked it. And then yeah. a team comes and sets up a little bit differently against us and doesn't allow us to play the way that we found. We we kind of have to adjust a little bit. And I think that was yesterday. It was it was a game of chess. It wasn't a particularly pretty game of chess. And I think the, the free kicks are kind of a result of that. I think the corner's... Are something that I've heard mentioned a few times as well that you know we're either under hitting them or over hitting them at the minute and then you think well we're criticizing corners but you know Jason Jason Shackle banged a header in against MK Dons from from probably the only decent corner that we got so I think the important thing is that we're getting corners hell of a lot of corners you know we're getting entries into the box we're getting down the flanks where where we're allowed but it's 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 all just falling into place. It's all just dripping in slowly and steadily. And you know, each week I think one or two things either get settled and one or two questions get asked. But while we're still feeling our way in and we're four points clear, I think that's the really crucial thing to remember. And I, I kind of people listening to this won't all know my my dad personally. I know him personally, obviously. Um, and as we were <laughs> leaving the ground, he was full of his usual stuff. So, oh, we were crap today, boy. Yes, Dad, we were, weren't we? But we're four points clear. Oh, yeah, but we played crap though, didn't we? Yes, Dad, but uh, we're four points clear, aren't we? And it, it's kind of that... <laughs> I can understand people coming away going, I've paid my 20 quid and I've not particularly been entertained. But then I think if at the end of the season we've won the league by three points and that three points comes from a 1-0 ground out win against Crew Alexandra, you know, I, I'm, I'm not one who likes to moan after a win, no matter how bad it's been. Even if we've been absolutely, utterly terrible, which we weren't, and we've won 1-0, you know, you, I think it's about, and hopefully we, we get this balance right, it's about picking up points that can be developed on rather than criticizing. And I think that's where social media falls down sometimes. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to sit there and go, we were crap yesterday. Therefore, you know, Danny needs to ring the changes and, and bring in, you know, X, Y, Z. And he needs to look at, you know, certain people in the transfer window, all that kind of stuff. Like he, he doesn't, I mean, I, from where I'm sat and, you know, from where I'm sitting, I think we've had a, a run that I, I honestly don't, think many people would have said at the start of the season that you know we we would have had and i think for people to to sit there and and criticize like legitimately criticize as well like i'm you know we can sit here and say like you say we'll, we'll pick up on on moments in games or or instances where that's not quite worked and and gone the way we wanted it to but deep down i think we know and and i'd like to well i'm assuming we you know we, we we'd like to know that um at the end of it, like you say, we're four points clear at the top. Danny knows the squad. Danny knows what he's doing. He very clearly knows what he's doing because we're four points clear at the top. <laughs> but it's the, it, it, you know, it's the, um, it, it's the attitude of a lot of people of just kind of, oh well, he should have played this, he should have done that. It's like, yeah, but we won one nil and we're top of the league. Like ultimately, football as as much as it pains me to say it because it's a really big cliche but football's a results based game and if you like you say if you can grind out those kinds of wins against a team like crew who you know 
when you said, I think we need to give some credit to them, I think we do as well. Um, they didn't necessarily look all that threatening in, you know, in the last sort of in the 18 yard box. I think they, they played some, they, they know they knew how to nullify what we were trying to do. They knew how to get the ball about, but when it actually came down to putting the ball in the back of the net, there was only probably two or three chances where I, I thought, Oh, I was a bit worried about that one. Um, there was one late on in the second half, I think where the, um, the ball came over the top and I think it, early missed I think early missed it um and it, it let the guy sort of get in on the left hand side and he hit it on the volley and, and Vickers managed to gather it in yeah. quite well but I, I don't think there was too much really to worry about yesterday um it, you know the, the other cliche is if you're playing badly and you're winning it's the sign of a team that's going to do well so yeah I mean look at look at it another way we've got more more wins than any other team in the football league and I've just had a quick glance through I might have missed somebody but we've got the third best goal difference in the entire football league and that's behind um, Barnsley in league one and uh, West Brom who have got plus 14 and bear in mind they beat QPR 7-1 so after that it's us and Leeds I think on plus 13. So I, I just think anybody who's thinking of being critical, whether it's of John Akindi, whether it's of Lee Frecklington, because they're the two punch bags. I don't, I don't know why. I, I I can't fathom out why they would be the two punch bags. Um, but they are. And I, I just, anybody that's thinking of doing that, just please have a look at the table for heaven's sake. And then if you want to kind of get some perspective, have a look at a league table from four years ago and name me somebody that's above us, like Hayes and Yedding or Ebbsfleet or Salisbury. And then just, you know, just just step away from the keyboard, you know. Go and play FIFA, <laughs> make yourself a drink. I don't know what it is that, that these people do to fill their time when they're not whinging and moaning about professional footballers. But whatever it is, just, you know, express your opinion in, in a constructive way. If you're going to back it up, that's fine, back it up. I tell you what, if you're going to criticise John Akindi, here's a fact for you. Up until yesterday, he was involved in more goals for Lincoln City than any team in League Two, be it scoring them or assisting them. So if you had assists and goals together, he was the highest. We might mention it on the last podcast. Um, mm. How can you criticise that? Lee Frecklington, yeah. he's got three goals from open play. Okay, he missed his penalty. I thought he actually had quite a good game yesterday uh, uh, for a while, as much as anyone could. Um, so yeah, anyway, that's me. That's me. That's my little rant over. No, I agree with you. You know, I think Frack had a good game. Um, there was there were certain moments in the game where I thought, you know, that's that's why he's that's why he's played at the level he has. He's he's a he's a championship quality player um, that's come back. You know, arguably for for the the reasons of you know the the finance, uh, well the family reasons, sorry, um, and you know coming back to to his boyhood club and and seeing how he gets on. And I think even if that is one of the sole reasons I think he's, he's proved himself to be a valuable asset, but uh, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll sort of put crew to bed. Um, it's in my mind, it's sort of exercised the, the, the four, one defeat of last season. Personally, I would have loved to have seen the, the same team that came out, you know, first half against Tranmere and, and torn them apart and, you know, giving everybody a, a, a seven goal thriller to go home with, um, you know, and a massive smile on the face, but, Ultimately, to get the smile on my face at the moment, I'm sat there, and all I need to do is look at the table and see Lincoln City four points clear. Um, so we will we'll preview uh, Port Vale. Obviously, we've we've been to Port Vale once this season already uh, in a different competition. But um, how do you see us setting up? How do you see us doing on Saturday? I mean, they, they seem to be having a bit of a 
an inconsistent season at the moment so far. Yeah, we, I mean, obviously we were talking a little bit off air and you look at some of the results they've had. I think they beat Northampton. Um, they drew with Forest Green, who are obviously doing very well, but then they've lost to Grimsby, um, lost to Crew, I believe, as well. So, um, yep. yeah, they are inconsistent. I think it's always difficult to go to Port Vale unless it's in the, the League Cup where you're stuffing them 4-1 and it was virtually their full first team. But last year we went there, I think it was on the back of the Checker Trade Trophy win. It might even have been the week after. And we are beaten 1-0 in a, a really, really poor game. Um, really, really poor. Um, I'm actually going to this one as well, so I'm quite excited. Um, Port Vale will line up 4-4-2 and that kind of... They had an interesting summer because they bought a lot of players and a lot of people were looking at it and going, they're going to do really well this year. Um, they bought Leon Legg at the back from Cambridge, who's a decent campaigner. I think he scored the goal against Swindon. Um, up front, they loaned Louis Dodds. We know all about him. They loaned Idris Carnu, who we were linked with. They've obviously got Tom Pope there, who's quality centre-forward. They brought in Ricky Miller, who you know was was probably a player that everybody would like to have seen over a kindy. Um, one goal in 11 games for Miller, by the way. So um, this goes to show you what the armchair fans truly no um then no that's cruel you know what i mean it's, yeah, the ricky miller kind of um boat passed and i think i think his form at port vale is probably reflective of what we would have got had we bought him when everybody was clamoring for him partly me included um what you've got there at port vale is a lot of players and not a lot of spaces and not a lot of coherence and on the afternoons it does go well they spring a result uh, and on the other 75% of, of, of the time, they don't get a result. So we, I'm, I'm getting a little bit, I don't want to sound complacent, Ben, to be honest, but me and you sit here every week and we look ahead to the opposition and we say, these are the games we really want to be winning if we're going to win the title, or these shouldn't offer us any significant challenge. Do you know what? Same sort of thing. You know, we should be able to go to Port Vale, control the game and win by the odd goal. And only if they bring their absolute A game, if Ricky Miller suddenly dis- discovers his, his Dover form or Tom Pope, who is a decent player. He's got four goals, one assist. You know, Pope's on fire. Maybe they can get something. But, you know, for me, it should be another, we go there, we get three points and we come back. Yeah, I I, I can't disagree. Um, it's... <sighs> It it does seem like we're sort of saying like you know like like you mentioned it does seem like we're saying the same thing at the moment but it seems to be that period in the season where you know MK Dons aside who I thought you know that they gave us a really good game um, and we were fortunate to, to to run out with the points I think in some respects um, it doesn't seem like it's a a league at the moment well the, the fixtures that are coming in. They don't seem like fixtures where we would be going. Oh, yeah, you know, we might need to possibly think about this one, and 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 maybe you know we might be lucky to to get a point here, or I'd settle for a point. The exception to that was Tranmere, which you know, annoyingly, we didn't actually talk about all that much in the. <laughs> I'm just thinking that. <laughs> yeah, you know, the, the podcast when we uh, when we could have done that, we we didn't really look ahead to Tranmere. Um, but it, it, that was one of the games where we probably would have gone. Yeah, it's a danger. You know, it's a dangerous place to go, but. As big of you know, as big a ground as Vale Park is, I just can't see. Unless we play like we did on Saturday, I can't see too much to worry about. And I think, given that we've got you know a game, as I say, at the time of recording this, we've got a game coming up on Tuesday night where I I think they'll you know Daniel give the second string a run out. I don't think it's going to be a full tilt first team. You know, right 
bang from the word go, 100 mile an hour, get stuck into them and, no and see what we can get. No. I, I think it's going to be a, you know, it is going to be a case of, right, well, okay, let's let's put the guys out there. Let's see what we can do. Give them a bit of a run out and, and maybe, like you say, have the second string go out. But um, we've we've now got a full week for a lot of our players to to sort of get their breath back and, and you know, uh, get ready for the game on Saturday. And I, I did wonder, I mean, Danny did mention it in his in his press conference afterwards, and I, I did wonder if maybe having Saturday, Tuesday for like away at Cheltenham, back in Lincoln, away at Tranmere, I did wonder if that kind of level of of travelling might have had some sort of impact. But I, I don't want to lean into that too much because, you know, at the end of the day, these guys are professional footballers and that's what they need. That's what they do week in, week out. Um but yeah, I, I can't see too many issues at Port Vale unless we have a particularly bad game or they have a particularly good game or, you know, indeed if the two combine. Um, yeah. yeah I mean, look at it this way. Football is, uh, in League Two, is has always got that element of the unknown. So while we're saying we shouldn't have anything to worry about, you know, within 15 minutes of the game kicking off, we... It, it's possible. This isn't a Manchester United versus um, Witten Albion or something like that. You know, it's 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 two evenly matched teams in theory. Um, we're probably better organised. We probably have better players. Without being arrogant, you know, we let's be honest. We we have spent well. Um, we haven't spent the most in the division, but I would say that we're in the top four or five certainly. So we should have a better squad. Um, we sh- we've got a smaller squad than Port Vale because they've kind of spread their their money around more players than we have but that's why we've you know that's why we've invested wisely so to speak but there's always a chance that's uh, yeah me and you are not going to be sitting here arrogant when we say there's nothing to worry about we don't mean we're just going to rock up there and, and you know and roll through we're we're not complacent as fans I'm sure that you know every fan realizes there's an opportunity to to lose any game in this division against anybody mm. but the fact is it I think what we're trying to say certainly I think you just touched on it there is if we take our a or B game, and if they play their A or B game, so both teams are playing to the very maximum of their ability in terms of players and organisational and skills, we should then win the game. So if you're taking the variables out, you know, if it was a straightforward pound for pound, we should win the game. But yeah. to introduce the variables, you know, you never know. I mean, I think, you know, a referee, for instance, can be a big... A big change, couldn't it? If Stockbridge turns up, and he loves the roar of a home crowd, doesn't he? So he could soon be awarding a penalty in the first minute and everyone kind of goes, whoa, and he gets off on that. I think Stockbridge, I think he records it and sits at home listening to crowds reacting to him blow his whistle. Um, the, you, you know what I'm saying, though? There is that There is that variable. You know, like, I don't want people tuning in just to think of Gary and Benner. A pair of wankers, aren't they? Constantly going on about how great Lincoln are because it's... You know, we've got to be honest, haven't we? We've got to be truthful. We we are good, but yeah. we're a League Two team, so yeah. And I think you know that's that's the thing for me is where you know people come in and sort of say, well, you know, we, we shouldn't have a problem with this. And I I do want to touch on something actually that I've I, I didn't mention to you beforehand, so I might be springing this one on you. But the before the game. The crew manager um, made some comments about you know, well, Lincoln, they. they they are they're where they are because they're spending loads of money. Now, I I sort of had a, a brief conversation on Twitter with this uh, about this one with uh, with Rob Makepeace over Radio Lincolnshire, and we kind of agreed that the, the that's not an argument that a lot of people can 
realistically throw at us at this point. Um, I mean, yes, we are spending money, but you look at where that money must have come from. You know, we we don't have the likes of, you know, Radford bankrolling the club. You know, we don't have Dale Vince. You know, with a, you know, with his with his ecotricity, you know, uh, company plowing money into the club left, right, and centre. We've got this. Um, you know, we we're in this position because we've been a successful club. Uh, I mean, I know, you know, I know it's not a hundred percent that way because we have had investment from, you know, from, from other, you know, from ex- external sources, but we don't have it to the extent that other clubs have had it, you know, where they essentially where the club is a plaything for, for a, you know, a millionaire or a billionaire that's coming in and just wants something to, Oh yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll mess about with the football club for a bit. Like we, you know, we've got a dedicated, team outside of the outside of the playing staff but ultimately i think a lot of the money that we have had in has come from the cup run has come from the check trade win has come from you know the the increase in in gate revenue i think it's to sit there and go lincoln city are spending money is a bit of a flippant comment because i think ultimately the majority of the money that we've got in my opinion is is probably has been earned through success i mean i know you, you may have a slightly different take on it I mean, what do you think yeah, I do. I, I, I do have a different take on it. I think that David Artel is spot on. I think we have been spending money. And um, I don't think there's any shame in it because, as you've alluded to, I think we've come across that money in the right way. Um, factually, he's correct. We, we've been, you know, we, we're spending money. I, 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 it can't be argued. John Akindi, Michael Boswick, Jason Shackle, Bruno Andrade, these players don't come cheap. They don't turn up at Macclesfield, and there's a reason for that. Macclesfield can't afford them. Um, they don't turn up at Crew. there's a reason for that. David Artel doesn't inspire them. And I think, you know, we, we've got a unique combination in that we, we have the means, um, and we also have a structure and a setup and personnel that is attractive. So yes, we've been spending money and I won't argue that. Um, you're quite right. It is a sustainable spend. Um, the money's been coming in from a variety of sources. Let's not kid ourselves. The FA Cup money's long gone. Um, you know, we've, we've invested as, as far as I'm aware, don't get me wrong. I'm not on the inside, but you know, we haven't got four or five million pounds sat in the bank that we made by, I don't know, chucking a fiver on, players getting booked or something like that you know what i mean we don't we don't have um a magic money tree when the money came in it was invested and it's been reinvested and it's made money and it's been reinvested and it's you know that's what we like to call business um and i think there's new people coming on the board they're not coming in for free so that money's coming in as well but we're not swimming in it and i think um there is a real difference between Forest Green uh, and what they believe is sustainable, i.e., you know, throwing your tea bags on a compost heap or making your clothes out of rags or whatever, and what we call sustainable, which is spending money that you earn and not spending beyond your means. We're not saddling, I say we, our owners, our, our board, are not saddling the club with unsustainable debt in order to climb the league. It's sustainable spending. Whereas you look at somebody like Forest Green, certainly look at Mansfield Town and the money that they are spending. If those owners actually went, 
ah, do you know what? I'm not interested anymore. Or if, and I, I you know, touch wood, this doesn't happen. If they were to befall an accident or something like that, and all of a sudden they, they were no more, those clubs would, would struggle seriously. Notts County, on the other hand, you know, they, for me, that's a little bit more sustainable. Um, and that, that's the distinct difference, Ben, in my opinion, is, you yeah, know, we I, can't I, deny I, I, yeah, I, I think that's that. That's I think you're right. In you know, maybe it, it came across wrong in what I was saying. I think that that word sustainable um, is is exactly what I said to yeah, yeah. to Rob. You know, I was having the conversation with him. I said, you know, we we don't have a Vince or a Radford bankroll in the club. It's it's money earned through success, and I think money earned through success isn't necessarily just the you know the um, the, the the cup run because I think you know yes. The money from the cup runs gone. I think that money is essentially the most obvious place that you can see that going in is the performance center. You know that that's yeah. that's the most obvious place where oh, you know, we got one point five million in from the cup run. We bought a one point five million performance center. That kind of balances out. You can see where that is. I know that's not and that exactly, green. and yeah, you know, it, it's not quite as it's not quite as obvious as that. But that's where a lot of that money went. Yeah, now what? What I then said to him was, you know, I said, we don't need a sugar daddy or a billionaire um, to be a plaything for. We expect to make a loss this year due to trading ground, et cetera, but we look sustainable right now. And it's that word sustainable. Yep. Um, I, I don't think it's, I, I don't think we've, we've got anything to worry about financially. We're particularly not in the place we were, you know, 10, 12 years ago, um, where we were looking over our shoulders thinking, oh, Christ, are we going to have enough money to make it through the season? You know, that kind of stuff. But uh, nobody likes a big spender. Um, and I think that's the problem. And it's hard to differentiate, as you've just picked up on there, between sustainable and not. You look at Rushton and Diamonds, for instance. You know, they mm. were spending a lot of money. They were pipping us all to players. Where are they now? They're on their arse. They don't even know if they exist um, because of reliance on, on one person or one thing. And then, you know, another big spender every year used to be Hull and Bristol Rovers. And where are they now? They're above us in league structure because what they were suspending is suspending um, what they were spending <laughs> rather. <laughs> and that, that reminds me of a film I was watching last night. And what they were suspending is um, sustainable because they have crowds and grounds. What we need to do as a football club is ensure that we are now sustainable for the next five or 10 years, we need to make sure that these 8,000 crowds remain at 8,000. You know, we need to make sure that we're not saddled with debt. And I don't believe, I mean, I was in a, and I won't reveal any details at all, obviously, but I was in a, a meeting with Clive um, yesterday and there was, you know, there was a board member in there and Liam and that sort of thing. We don't, we didn't really talk about an awful lot, but one thing that Clive always, always stresses on social media, in interviews, one-to-one conversations. He always stresses, we will not saddle this club with unsustainable debt for anybody, any custodians of the future. Now, that makes me think if we are spending money, that that money is money that we can afford to spend. Um, and, it, you know, it's, it, I think it's that simple. I, did, I didn't, I, yeah, I, may, I may have sounded a little forceful earlier. I certainly didn't mean to kind uh, come across in that way. Um, you know, I just, I, I just don't think we can ever deny that we are, we are, we are putting money into a promotion charge. Damn right, we've got it, we've earned it. Let's go for it. Yeah, I'd, I'd, people would yeah. be absolutely furious if they said, "Oh well." I mean, okay, well, a kindy might be a bad choice, but if we hadn't bought John a kindy in the summer and we'd gone and got Luke Varney, who was a free transfer, people would have said, "We've got no ambition." So yeah, showing ambition. And yeah, I hundred percent agree with you. I think you know, I think that the 
the argument isn't, you know, Lincoln shouldn't spend money. I think the argument is from from my point there was that I I thought it sounded like it, it was just being very flippant and it, it almost kind of to me it felt like the comparisons were being drawn to to the likes of Forest Green to Mansfield and and that kind of you know those kinds of teams. But um, yeah, I, I think you know we're basically in agreement in in where the money is coming from and where the money is going, and it, it it is heartening to see. I think it is moving in the right direction for the club, and I as long as you know things can keep going the way they are, I, I don't think we're going to have too much of a problem. Um, no. I I, I but. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, there is there is one question. Um, there is one question quickly, um, which was put to us by Craig on Twitter. Um, I've just gone through this, and I have realised that we did have a question when okay. I said beforehand, which we didn't. Um, he said, uh, "Here's one for you: Have the Cowleys bought into the club, or has the fans uh, have the club fans and city bought into them?" Now, I mean, it, it's both, isn't it? Yeah. Go, we go next um, question. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think I've ever seen, and I hate using this word because it's a business bullshit word, but I haven't seen synergy like this ever in a you know in in a in a football club, particularly not Lincoln City. Um, they've come in to do a job, and in all you know, in black and white, I think they came in to do a job that was. Um, one that they thought they could do, one that they thought they would be able to, you know, achieve success with. I don't think they would have felt that they would have fallen for the club the way that they have. And I think they're the first people to admit that. You know, they've they've fallen for the club, they've fallen for the city, and it's partly because of of how they've gone about everything. Um, they've turned around and they've gone, we want the community to be back involved with this football club. We want, you know, we want to see kids in the street wearing Lincoln City shirts and not, you know, Real Madrid shirts, Man United shirts. And I know that's a direct quote from Danny, but it's it's true. And I think the fact that they've managed to do that, they have turned it around and it, it it's heartening to see. And I think ultimately that that is exactly, you know, the club buying into them the people buying into them and then buying into the people in the city. Um, I mean, have you got any further thoughts on that or? Yeah, I think first of all, kind of going back to the, um, the synergy, I kind of disagree a little bit because I, I, I get not to this level, but you know, Keith Alexander's first season back in charge. Um, yeah, that was, that was special. And there was a connection between fans and club for a while there. Um, he didn't, carry on as much maybe for three years but you know we weren't topping eight or nine thousand and we weren't um uh we weren't doing uh weren't quite as successful um on the field i think there's been several factors i do think that danny and nikki um have are very impressive individuals and i think that they have a very personable style and the way that they deal with people um endears them to people you know when they first walked in that room that night it was this buzzing energy um because um yeah, people 
instantly recognized it he would these were men who you know they weren't coming in rolling out all the same rhetoric about you know this is a big club blah 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 they'd done their homework they knew what they wanted to do and um, we've been a sleeping giant for a long while in my opinion i think there's always certainly over the last 10 years the city's grown phenomenally when you look at the the university from 1999 2000 and and, and where it is now so the city's been growing there's been more building there's been more capacity um i think he's been crying out for a decent football club. Now, I mean, you, you'll remember Ben as well as I do, that there used to be an apathy that people of Lincoln seemed to hate Lincoln City. I mean, I remember falling out with a guy called um, Wayne Kerr. I mean, that wasn't his, his actual second name. Um, but we we fell out. He was a Lincoln United fan or a Moreland's fan, and it was anti-Lincoln this, anti-Lincoln City that. It was the Phil Stan era, I think. Um, so there was, there, was an, there was an animosity. And there was that even to a degree, you know, between fans of the club and, and, and David Holdsworth. So, I, yeah, I think it, it's kind of been mutual. I mean, Danny and Nicky bought into the club because they saw the size of it and they'd previously been at Braintree and Concord and we had an impressive ground. That that brought them to the club. The FA Cup run was the glue that brought it all together. The night at Oldham on telly brought it all together. That that Once you start creating memories like that, that's when you start bringing people together for a long while you know it's why married couples look back on their wedding day fondly because it was this shared experience that resonates with them forever and that's what I think fans in a club get when they beat Oldham 3-2 in the fog or when Nathan Arnold pops it away against Ipswich the key then is seizing on that and what Danny and Nicky have then done nobody's bought into it they've worked hard to um create a team that wins football matches and the more you win the more people kind of gravitate towards you so it's it's kind of um i wouldn't say mutually exclusive a mutually inclusive process i think that now we've gone beyond one buying into the other and uh, yeah i think that's probably what craig alluded to in his question in that it's, it's just been a snowball effect and we're at a point now where yeah, there seems to be this huge loving doesn't know where you know we love the cowleys they love us they're special people they are special people they're not like normal football managers and um, we don't expect them to go to aston villa when the job comes up or something silly like that um it is unique. So anyway, I'll stop waxing lyrical about the Cowleys for a minute. No, it, it yeah, it, it's it, it's exactly what I you know was hoping to to get from you on that one because it's it is pretty much exactly what I you know the, the way that I I see it. Um, I think it's been um, it, it's just been a really uh, impressive rise so far, and I think the the key thing you've said there is that they're not getting brought up when you know like the Villa manager job comes up. Because I think people are starting to understand and realise, actually, they might not be going anywhere. Took us a while. Um, <laughs> took no, took me a while. As soon as that Ipswich job came up last year, I was absolutely terrified. Genuinely was. And I, I spoke to Danny and Nicky while it was available. They were the... Um, at the award, they got their Lincoln Award, Freeman of the City. I, I can't remember exactly. I nominated them for it. Um, and I remember they, yeah, yeah. they were just completely and utterly bemused at the thought that anybody would consider the fact that they were going to Ipswich. And I'd spent three nights waking up at two o'clock in the morning thinking, where do we go from here? And <laughs> do you know what I mean? It, it, it's hard because, you know, it's like the question we had the other day was, you know, when does it end or whatever? I can't remember the exact question. And you just... Why is that? When it ends, who's going to succeed them? Yeah, and it, you know, it was a valid question. There's, there's no criticism. I get that. And then we're talking about it. And you know, I, I kind of went away thinking, 
why are we talking about when it's going to end? You know, it's like a good television series. You don't want to talk about when it's going to end. You want to talk about what happens next episode. Forget whether it's going yeah. to get recommissioned in a month's time or something like that. Enjoy it while we're having it. And I think, yeah, it was, uh, it, it's totally true. Um, and I think, you know, I, it's, it's an exciting time. I, I keep saying it is an exciting time to be a Lincoln city fan, but, um, before we go, I, I have one quick question. It's a key question. It's an important question. And we need to know what do you think about Bozzy's haircut? <laughs> he's just copying me isn't he I, I i went for the beard and the shaved head look and and i mean okay he pulls it off far better um <laughs> i do, do you know what i i love michael bostwick because he is completely the opposite to any footballer that we've had in in, in recent years he's you, you never hear him in interviews he never does anything media related really at all. Um, you know, he, he walks around with a constant scowl on his face. I'm sure he's, yeah, I'm sure he's a happy bloke and all that, but he, he just looks like the sort of person you cross the road to avoid. And he, he's unpredictable. One day he shaves his head off the next minute, or his hair off rather than his, his hair grows again. He shaves his beard off. Then he'll, you know, all of a sudden he'll come in. And when he does shave all his hair off, he'll have this little pea head on a body. Um, and you can, I mean, I've said it before, you can imagine him getting on a Harley at the end of training and like riding off in, in his leathers back to his log cabin by the lake where he has a little hut where he tears the heads off wild birds and eats them raw or something. <laughs> you know, he's got this whole persona. And I, can You can imagine it though, can't you? You know, like body of the woods, me build cabin and all that sort of thing. <laughs> and fishing for it. And, I, I just, I, I, I just think he's brilliant. I think he's been brilliant for this football club. I think he terrifies um, opposition players, and I think that's part of why he shaves his hair off and stuff like that. I think it's, it's all to do with image and persona. I think it reflects Bozzy perfectly because you don't know what you're going to get. You know you're going to get the, the kind of the snap of the tackle and all that, but you know he's, he's also a ball player, midfielder. He's a threat in the box. He can hit. He's, there's so much you never know what you're going to get. And I think he's, yeah. I think, ah. what about you? You're you planning on growing a bozzy beard? Uh, well, I'm, I'm, I've sort of got, you know, a, a reasonable bit of facial hair at the moment, but I, I don't think the wife would, uh, would approve going full bozzy. Um, what about a little, what about a little toffolo tash? <laughs> a toff tash. We saw, we saw toff in Nando's last night, actually. We were... did, he, did he have his little slug on his top lip? <laughs> He, he couldn't get a table. We we were waiting for about half an hour for a table, and he uh, he, he wanted a table for six, and it was uh, it was full. Um, there you go, little no. city spotting of the week. But yeah, I um I I think my my wife's actually a little bit afraid because uh, she she thinks I've got a bit of a man crush on Bozzy, and she would be a hundred percent right. Um, <laughs> I think he's a he's a fantastic footballer. I think he's uh, the, like you said, there is something. There's like an aura, you know. There's that kind of thing about like you say. I think he would be. He would be the person that, you know, if you had to get stranded on an island with a Lincoln City player, it would be Bozzy because within three minutes he'd, he'd have a hook going with a fire and, you know, he'd, he'd be there with a fish, you know, a fishing rod made of a bit of tree. Eating and, uh, bits of Bear grills that he was barbecuing raw after he'd pulled him apart with his bare hands. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. But uh, anyway. The is rapidly going downhill. It is. <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll wrap it up there. Like I said, yeah. uh, we are recording this one very early. Um, hopefully we don't get torn to shreds as a first team on Tuesday night, but I'm pretty sure that's not going to happen. Um, we'll cover 
we will cover Tuesday night next week um, if it's you know if it's worth talking about, and uh, obviously we'll cover Port Vale next week and look ahead to the Cambridge game. Um, anything you need to plug or that you want to briefly you know mention before we head off? Well, if you're listening to this and it's Thursday and you're planning on getting something in for the Stacey West fanzine, please, please, please send it in because at the moment I've still got half a fanzine to fill and I'm meant to be going to print as you listen to this tomorrow. Um, and also I would promote Tuesday night, but to be honest, I don't think that we're going to bother talking about it because I think, you know, we've won the Checker Trade Trophy, so sod it, it's pointless now. Scunthorpe Reserves versus Lincoln Reserves, whatever. Yeah. Um, I mean, we. I might throw this one live a little bit earlier. Um, I'll, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll have a, we'll have a chat about that. We might throw it earlier as a little bit of a treat for those of you that are, are listening. Um, like I said, I'm on holiday this week, so that's why we're recording it as early as we are. Um, I'd like to, as ever, just plug next gen base, um, as the gaming website and, uh, yeah, that's as good a place to Tom leave it Pet. as any. Tom Pet looks like the Dries Martins FIFA version. <laughs> get three seasons on FIFA it's like the real life Tom Pet. after our conversations Gary you've gone and bought FIFA it's it's a disgrace well well, I wouldn't I wouldn't say um, that much I, it was purely because my mate Dave who uh, has been going through trouble and turmoil has started coming <laughs> over and to save having to talk to him because he bores the pants off me with I thought we'd, we'd have FIFA and I'd whoop his ass at that so. okay yeah I mean if, if it's to spite someone or if it's to you know prevent prevent you having a conversation <laughs> with him, then... <laughs> that's absolutely fine all right mate well uh, I will see you uh, I'll see you doubtless next week um, yeah man enjoy your holiday and I uh, will do I'll uh, see you in a bit all right take yeah. care guys we'll see you next time bye bye the 90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.